Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We're real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, Flora, let's get grimy. Let's get it. Let's do it. How was your week? Um, it wasn't bad. I, at one point, I think it was like my Saturday, which just, you can't, you can't, st- not my Saturday, on my Friday, which was Saturday. Mm. Um, you can't bring me down. Like, you can try, but it, I'm so excited that it's the weekend that I don't care. Yeah, through the roof. So I was like, ready for anything, and this like, really delightful family stopped me and asked me the most pleasant and like, insightful and thoughtful questions and we talked for like 40 minutes i feel like i told my volunteer like be right back and then he like came looking for me and he's like where did you go i was like (laughs) i'm so sorry i abandoned you my poor child but i was having the dopest conversation and yeah they just like asked about animals and like breeding and my background and what i liked life like as a zookeeper and they're like yeah it's my kid's dream job but like we want the reality and i was like oh you're so cool. And they were just you so came to nice. the right place. I know. I'm like, buckle up. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> came to the right person. <laughs> um, so that was really nice. Everything else was okay. I had a 40-hour intern start, um, which means I basically have, like, a second me. Um, mm. And that is... I would say interns are God's gift to man. <laughs> yeah, they're very good. <laughs> like, I... Have never been happier in my life than <laughs> training this intern. It is glorious, and when he leaves, I think I might throw myself off a building. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Uh. So, how was your week? <laughs> uh. Pretty good. It was sort of nuts. Um. I ended up having a cool opportunity to shadow keepers at another facility, which was really cool. Dank. Um. And as part of that, you know, I had some, like, downtime where I could go and tour the facility and see their habitats and all that cool stuff. Yes. Uh, I however, saw amazing Snapchats. Oh, thank you. Yes. And lived vicariously through your Snapchats. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, however, um, because I was there on official zoo business, I was in my, like, zoo uniform and... Oh. Um, <laughs> even though it looked nothing like the uniforms of the employees that work at that facility, I still... <laughs> oh, it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. I was still was stopped by probably, mm, I would say 30 people over the course of the day, um, like, asking for directions and stuff, which is cool. That's fine. But, like, I was not helpful whatsoever. <laughs> like, they like, would stop me and be like, hey, can you tell me where the bathrooms are? And I was like, oh, man, I have no idea. And I would usually preface it by being like, I don't actually work here, but... If you have a map, I could probably point them out. <laughs> and um, they just looked at me confused, like, why the hell is this girl saying that? She obviously works here. Yeah. She's lying. Like, oh, sorry. She's I'm lying to us. I'm just a zookeeper cosplayer, and exactly. <laughs> I don't work here at all. Exactly. At one point, I was walking around just, like, minding my own business, and I looked behind me, and there were probably six or seven people covertly following me to see where I was going, because I think they thought I was going to, like, do something official uh... and cool. And I was like, bruh, I don't even work here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to the bathroom. Quit following me. Yeah, seriously. Follow me right into the bathroom. Um, And I had one man come up to me 
uh, take a look. Like, he's probably stared at my zoo logo on my shirt for probably at least five seconds. Like, he walked up to me, (laughs) didn't say anything. We had five seconds of silence between the two of us as he studied my zoo logo on my shirt. And then looked at my face and said, can you tell me where the bathrooms are? <laughs> and I was like, no. Those I mystery cannot. bathrooms. Jeez. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I told him, I was like, I don't I don't actually work here. And he, he just looked at my logo again and was like, oh. It's <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Um, also, on the way uh, back to the area that I was meeting everyone, this group of, like, really ecstatic excited high energy old people were just like trucking up to me and one guy yeah he was like being supported by two other old people and he was just like having a blast and he like trucks up to me he's like can you tell me where the exit is and i was like i think it's that way and i pointed behind me and they all started laughing and they're like oh oh, oh, she thinks it's that way i better hope it's that way i was like no i'm not messing with you i don't work here i don't know where the exit (laughs) is i really am not confident in my answer i think it's that way (laughs) Yeah, I think they were just like, oh, what a jokester. No, I don't actually know. I hope that you find your way home. Oh, <laughs> so and still sorry. to this day, those old, pe- old people are trapped around. in the zoo. They really are. Uh, but no, it was really cool. So It's exciting. Uh, it was awesome. I was very blessed to have that opportunity. Blessed. Blessed. All right, Flora, are you ready for the animal of the week? I'm so ready. I would will say that... Sorry, I'm yawning. I will say that I totally forgot to be like, what's your guess? And so I just did it on Facebook, like, yesterday, maybe last night or something. And we yeah. had one person guess, and they guessed the loris. Um, that's not my guess, though. Okay. What's your guess? <laughs> I didn't really have one until just okay, great. now I'm, yeah. Um, I'm gonna guess the... Mm, 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 uh, I can't think of any animal. There's <laughs> a letter L. Uh, <laughs> there are uh, none. <laughs> uh, the lion fish. Whoa! No. <laughs> You're so stupid. That person who guessed Dolores was right. Fuck that person. <laughs> well, hold up, because I told him I'd give him a shout out, because now I, now I have to see who they are. Uh... Your shout out is just <laughs> Flora saying, fuck you. <laughs> Just, like, extremely violent and aggressive. Stupid. Stupid smart people think they're better podcast co-hosts than me. Get out of here! <laughs> Job security. Alright, I'm just gonna use her get some. first name. <laughs> Alright. Do, do, do. Ashley! Ashley from Facebook. She said, is it the Laura? Well, she didn't say that. I'm not gonna put words into her mouth. She just said, Loris? Question mark? I don't know much about them other than they need help, and Lush screwed them out of funding. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, she's right. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little later. But yeah, this wow. week Way I went with the Loris. I feel so terrible that I'm so horrible at guessing. Oh, it's cool. It happens to the best of us. Uh, I okay. believe this is our first primate, right? Bestow me the Loris. Uh, you know, if I had any brain cells, I would be able to answer that. <laughs> I really just don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say this is our first primate Woo-woo! of the show. Yay! Love mm, What primates. a weird one to do. It is a really weird one. It's an unconventional one, I would say. That ain't no not monkey. One... <laughs> it is not a monkey. You're right. Well, uh, 
it's uh yeah it's one i don't think a lot of people realize are actually primates but they are so let's dive right in so there are around i believe eight species of loris okay uh and they're usually broken up into two different kind of groups it's either like the slender loris or the slow loris so we're going to kind of be talking about all of them uh Uh, the slender the slender man of the primate (laughs) kingdom exactly they're just like a 12 foot tall ghostly wraith of a man i googled it they're really freaky they're very slender what an app they are very slender yeah uh, the Slender Man Loris of the Animal Kingdom. <laughs> so these guys are native to South and Southeast Asia. Ooh. And they're kind of found kind of all in those regions and the different uh, subspecies are associated with different regions and they have different look and classifications and all that stuff. So anyways, essentially, Lorises are arboreal, meaning they live in the trees and they are nocturnal, <gasps> which means that they are Alive and kicking at night. They're out doing their night biz. Kicking it. Yeah. And then during the day, they do exactly what I would want to be doing. They sleep. Mm. They sleep during the day. Jealous. So definite night owls. Um, they have very soft gray and or brown and white fur that, um, that covers their whole body. And then they have big, giant, bulbous, characteristic eyes. I mean, yeah. It looks like a doll. Yeah. Like a doll's eyes. That's a doll's eyes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the biggest, most noticeable characteristics that they have are the giant eyeballs that are super cute and allow them to have uh, a really cute face. I don't know um, if I would go straight to cute. It really looks like it sees into my like soul and just literally it knows all my sins right off the bat. You know, that's um. An important distinction, that's only the Slender Man Loris. Okay, okay. The rest of them don't. Okay. So if just, I just yeah. avoid that, I'll be good. Yeah, then you but can the keep slow your sins Loris, to yourself. He doesn't really know. I'd have to tell him. Right, yeah. And okay. I don't know why you would. I, I, don't, I don't think you should burden him with your sins. <laughs> okay, that's true. He's got enough on his plate. Uh, so these guys, um, in addition to those eyes, they have kind of dark patches of hair around them mm. that really make them like pop out of their face mm-hmm. um they also have short index fingers and a lot of times <laughs> they can be seen hanging by their feet from trees and using their hands to like grasp food or branches around them oh i okay i was like really alarmed why that was like a fact but you mean oh, okay. it's like shorter than their it's like a little nub it is a little nub yeah ew i see it <laughs> <laughs> i see their nub. <laughs> so this is the opposite of the skeleton key eye eye who has Correct, that yeah, extra exactly. long finger. This is this is he can't get into any doors without the that. unnecessary. Yeah, exactly. He's just like bumbling around. He's he's pushing the pull door. <laughs> oh, door. that feels like it was targeted at me. <laughs> it because, was <laughs> because I pushed that pull door. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of the exact opposite of that unnecessarily long finger. Yeah. So. Uh, these guys are mammals. Mm-hmm. They are, like I said, primates. Okay. Uh, but they fall within the suborder. I'm going to see if I can pronounce this correctly. Do it. Strepsorhini. Whoa! I think that's what it is. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a suborder of primates that consists of lemurs, bush babies, <gasps> potos, and lorises. <gasps> so that eye eye that you were mentioning is, in fact, a species of lemur. 
Oh. I know it doesn't look like it, but it is. Uh, so it's actually part of the same suborder as Loris's. It's like the dark lemur. Like, you know how there's like the shadow link and he's like the bad link? There's shadow lemur and it's the eye eye. It absolutely is. Um, yeah, so those guys are kind of distantly related. Uh, so Loris's are pretty cool. Like I said, they're nocturnal and they tend to you know, small <laughs> hear Tucker slamming his body into the... Yeah, just try not to let it bother you. Please. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Stop! Can hear Good your Lord. <laughs> naughty kitten. He's just, he's an odd, he's an odd animal. Uh, okay. So sorry. Anyways. No, that's okay. Uh, so these guys tend to, um, eat, oh my god, can he not? <laughs> sorry, folks, you have to listen to my cat take a dump. <laughs> Join us in our misery. <laughs> Join us in the worst situation of my life. <laughs> Oh, my glob. Okay. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so these guys feed primarily on insects, so they're mm. um, sometimes known as insectivores. However, some species do eat, like, other fruits and tree bark and tree mm. gum and things like that. So it just kind of depends on, like, where they're living and their species and what's around and that kind of thing. Um, one really cool thing that... I want to talk about with slow slow lorises and slender lorises is in fact the slow loris is the only venomous mammal. <gasps> Do what now? Yep. I went from like <laughs> content to alarmed. Wrap your head around that. If what? You can. Yep. Venomous. They're the only venomous mammal Ew. in the world. Yeah. So what happens is they have a gland kind of on the inside of their elbows on both sides, and <laughs> yes. Sucker, we hear you. <laughs> um, and what happens is they can lick that gland when they're feeling threatened by something. And Same. the glandular secretions from that spot mix with the saliva in their mouth and it creates a venom. Shut up. Yeah. So that when they like bite whatever is like threatening them, uh, it actually injects venom into into that species so Whoa. that's crazy and it, it's all to do with like a little like side chemistry they're like oh hold on really quick let me mix up this yeah this, uh, this venom and oh well, now i gotcha injected into you uh yeah so Whoa. put that in your milk and drink it that's wild <laughs> it is wild um yeah it's kind of unique in the fact that no one else on the planet does it i mean i do lick the inside of my armpit or whatever you said, but I don't have the inside venom. of your armpit. <laughs> My inner elbow. Uh, yeah, but you don't you don't make venom, do you? I don't. Not yet. <laughs> I could. I could try. <laughs> <laughs> I could try real hard. Get back. You to never me. know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's kind Jeez. of like a really unique situation in them, and um. It's something that they do, like I said, if they feel threatened. So actually what they do is, if they are threatened, they kind of shoot their hands and their arms up above their head, almost like they're stretching. Mm -hmm. And then that allows them easier access to the glands on the inside of their elbows. Mm. They can lick those, yeah, create the like venom, and then protect themselves. Yeah, it's a little bit, right? Like, hey, yep. check me out. I'm big. And look at my armpit. Yeah, look at my, my, my spicy armpit. <laughs> <laughs> check out my spicy 
spice. In addition, um, females with young, uh, a lot of times if they're going about their business, they'll leave their young in their nest. And so what they do to protect their young while they're gone is they will mix up this venom and then kind of slather it all over their babies. Oh. And then in the hopes that it deters any predators from wanting to eat their babies. Because they're like, "Mm, bit on their baby. Yeah. Too hot for me. (laughs) It's a spicy meatball. I don't want anything with that. It is a little too spicy for my taste. That's what she's hoping, they say. Oh, my God. This cat is insane. Uh, So, anyways, they typically will give birth to one young after a five to six month gestation, Mm. which is pretty similar to a lot of other uh, primates within Mm -hmm. that suborder. Okay. Um, And like I said, there are eight species. uh, And like I said, it just kind of depends on their range and their characteristics and stuff but they're mm. either a slow loris or a slender loris so um i have a few things that i specifically want to discuss with slow lorises so i'm going to kind of not necessarily go in as much detail as we have in past episodes on like their habitat and their because they have a lot of shit their appearance hey and, yeah uh rewind though can i die from a slow loris biting me potentially yeah it's like that venomous it is pretty bad yeah Aww. I know. So don't mess with these guys. Okay. Let them be. Just let them be. Just let them live their um, lives. So I want to quickly move on to their conservation situation. Okay. So. It's whack. All eight species, yeah. All eight species of slow lorises are, they range from vulnerable to critically endangered. Yike. Um, yes. So the Javan loris is actually the one that's listed as critically endangered, so they're kind of in the worst situation. Hmm. Um, Yeah, and these guys uh, are in that predicament based on a combination of um, deforestation, so loss of their forest home, and the continued uh, degradation of their habitat. So it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, In addition, it's causing things like um, isolated populations without any ability to reconnect with one another. So it's mm-hmm. sort of creating all these like little islands of lorises that mm-hmm. can't connect with one another. Um, and then probably the most well-known, hopefully, that people know now, um, reason of their decline, apart from the degradation of their habitat, is due to the hunting and collection. Pet trade. Yep, yep, yep. So these guys are collected and hunted uh actually for a number of reasons uh the main one is through the illegal pet trade um Mm. but they're also collected and hunted for the use of their products in traditional medicines which again (gasps) aren't is not good it's not good and it's not a good thing to be doing to these guys just because you think that it's gonna whiten your teeth or whatever um i'm not saying that that's what it does but (laughs) bizarre (laughs) Just an example. Um, it knows your sins, so stay away from it. Exactly. It will cause you to burn in hell. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, so not great, um, but the pet trade is the biggest one, and that's one of the reasons that I actually wanted to bring up the loris, because I know, what, just the other day it was Endangered Species Day, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, in zoological facilities, in case anyone didn't know, that's a big day. For all of us that work in those types of places because it allows us to use our platform 
um, and use our education tools that we have to let the public know about those animals that need our help and what they can do to help. Right. So it's one of the best, most cut and dry ways to like get the information out there on like what people can do to help out animals that are not doing so hot in the wild. And um, that was one of the reasons, again, that I wanted to talk about slow lorises because they fit right into that sort of thing, but also they've had some recent issues that I think not necessarily a lot of people know about, so I was mm-hmm. hoping you and I could discuss those. Cool. So this is normally the point in the podcast where, Flora, you and I discuss whatever animal of the week in media, right? Like, we oh, always talk sure. about, like, how, you know, there's a famous whatever in this cartoon and whatever, yeah. and they're really cool. Uh, this week, however, it's going to get a little bit serious because... Uh, uh, I hate being yeah. used to me because I get all bummed out the rest of the oh, like, no, whole I'm life. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but, I mean, it, it is important because... While there aren't necessarily any popular <laughs> slow loris characters in, like, media, slow lorises in the general media, and especially in social media, are extremely Ooh. popular. Yeah. Instagram. Uh, exactly. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of those things um, tend to proliferate and the sharing of videos of slow lorises as pets. And I think there are a few out there that, especially a few years ago, gained a lot of traction of Mm -hmm. them, you know, clutching an umbrella or stretching their arms out and getting, quote unquote, tickled by their owner or eating a rice ball or all of these things. And these extremely charismatic, like really cute animals are essentially completely exploited uh, for the sense of or for the sake of gaining views and popularity. Yeah. And I think... Like, I specifically wanted to talk about how, A, primates don't make good pets and why, and B, why these types, like, why sharing these types of videos are, in fact, harmful Correct. to animals in general. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's horrible. I just <laughs> hate every single person you talk to, or, like, you're friends with, or, like, your second aunt, whatever, on Facebook, they, like, send you videos and they're like, isn't this so cute? And it's actual animal abuse. <laughs> and they just have it no is. idea because they don't even think about it. Like, a tiger and a lion and two bear cubs, like, playing in a person's backyard. Like, that's not cute. It's not right. It's just stupid. And the same with the slow loris and a bunch of other primates. You know, you see, like, Kim Kardashian or whoever going to somewhere in, like, Thailand and, like holding a baby monkey and for Instagram views and then everybody's like oh well I want one she did it like that's cool and then those people don't do anything to look into it or see what matters they don't donate to these animals that need help they just use them to make more money for themselves until they gain popularity and so they're just subjecting them to it and I think there's a little bit of um like a zookeeper curse that kind of comes with that too where zookeepers love posting pictures of our animals and we love posting pictures with our animals. But most Mm -hmm. zoos don't let you because you're kind of um, feeding into that a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we have the job and it's part of our job, but that's not really an excuse to, like, post a selfie with a tiger um, or a tiger cub or whatever you're doing. So it's kind of hard. Um, So most people have, like, private Facebooks where it's just friends and family that know, you know, that's sort of thing so that it doesn't mm-hmm. go like viral on reddit and get misconstrued because most people love just like misconstruing this shit out of stuff but yeah i think it's a really hard 
thing to explain to people. They get mad when you tell them that that's, like, mm-hmm. animal abuse, which is weird. Um, and it's really hard to explain, and I don't know how we're ever going to stop people from doing it. Because, yeah, they love sharing cute animal photos, and that's fine. There just doesn't need to be someone holding it. Like, why can't you share a photo of one in the wild? Or why can't you share one from Joel Sartori and his National Geographic photo series of, like, a captive mm-hmm. slow loris that they're breeding for conservation or something mm-hmm. like that? Um, it just brings me down. Yeah. But yeah, it's a tricky situation because, like you said, there's nothing wrong with people sharing cute animals, like, pictures and videos and stuff. No. However... Every time that those types of things are shared, regardless of the intention and regardless of the context, it still comes across that it's okay yeah, for and there's, that situation there's to exist. Yeah, there's at least one person who's going to say, oh, I want one. Exactly. Like, someone's going to look at that photo, and we're all guilty of it at some point or another. Like, you look at that photo and you say, oh my gosh, that red panda cub is so cute. Like, how amazing would it be to, like, cuddle that red panda cub? But at the same time, that's not appropriate. And it's not its not fitting with their lifestyle. It's not fitting with the way that they socialize. It's not a good situation. So even if 99% of the people are joking and they would never get one and they would never even consider doing that, um, there's still the conception that – or the perception that it's okay and that it's okay to have one. And so yeah. – as these things kind of get more and more sensationalized, people become less detached from the reality of their situation. And so a lot of times, and it's been shown time and time again, that the more people see an animal in contact with humans, the less likely they are to think that it is threatened. Mm-hmm. So the the more acceptable it appears to them that that's something that you can do and you should do and that it's okay to do. And unfortunately a lot of times that's not the case and that leads to situations of animal abuse. So even though you aren't the one in that video putting makeup on that monkey or even though you're not the one, you know, uh, recording the video of the orangutan bottle feeding a tiger cub, even though you weren't involved in that at all, by sharing that and by spreading it around, you are in fact contributing to animal abuse because you're creating a market for it and you're creating an audience for it. Right. And... Yeah, Just think, think of it like child pornography. You wouldn't share that, would you? Well, then why are you sharing animal abuse on the internet? Right. right. And I think uh, it's <laughs> difficult because, again, we're not trying to, like, rain on anyone's parade or shit on anyone or make anyone feel bad. But at the same time, like, especially in the situation of slow lorises, those guys are <laughs> legitimately suffering and being driven to extinction because people want them as pets and because they have come to accept that it's okay for them to have them as pets. Right. And um, and so the sharing of these types of videos and the comments that come from it, again, just add to the public perception that it's okay and, like, why not? And, yeah, it'd be cute. But primates in general and most wild animals don't make good pets for no. a number of reasons. Number one, um, they're not domesticated. <laughs> exactly. It's not a domestic animal. I think there's this weird, like, anthropomorph behavior where you're like oh well it enjoys being scratched or it enjoys being touched or you know a tiger wants me to pet it but that is not like a natural behavior having a human come and like pet you like primates will groom each other and stuff like that but like tickling a penguin or tickling a slow loris or you know people see that video of the goose and it's feeding fish like those are all just like natural behaviors they're doing with each other where 
the goose is getting its food wet and the fish are stealing it or mm-hmm. two animals are grooming each other and you're like manipulating that. But I like there's no animal like there's this stupid place in Indiana that I know about that has like tiger cub headings and stuff mm-hmm. and everyone's like well it's not the animals are fine like it's okay if we go in and play with them but like why does a tiger cub need played with why does it why right at what point in its life does it have a bunch of humans picking it up lifting it up carrying it around taking pictures with it and like rolling it on the ground like it doesn't need that so why are you doing it you're exploiting it right and even if even if that tiger cub in this example you know, is, like, treated really well and has a good life and whatever, like, whatever you want to believe about it, you're still creating a market for that to continue happening in the future. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, is unacceptable because you are. You're legitimately contributing to animal abuse. And it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's an important one because until we can realize that this is harming them, we can't do anything to change it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people need to take responsibility in the sense that, Yes, you may have been ignorant to the context up until this point, but now that you know what's going on, please take steps to avoid it and to Mm -hmm. dissuade other people from engaging in that sort of thing. So, for instance, with slow lorises, there's been a skyrocketing trend of people trying to get them as pets, and a lot of it has to do with their social media presence. And it's really unfortunate because for a lot of these animals, people wouldn't even know they exist if it weren't for... (laughs) these types of videos and it's sort of like the opposite end of what zoos are trying to do zoos are trying to educate people in a responsible way about this animal exists this is what's super cool about them this is how you can help them thrive in the wild whereas like viral videos really aren't trying to do that they're really just trying to gain views and gain notoriety and so they say yeah this animal exists wouldn't it be awesome to have one and that's the end of the conversation um and like for slow lorises in particular There are a number of reasons why, specifically, they should not be housed as pets. They should not be kept as pets. First off, like I said, they're venomous. They're (laughs) a venomous animal. They're the only primate with a venomous bite. So one of the ways that people get around this, if they have them in the pet trade, is obviously they don't want to get bit because that's a big pain in the ass if you're trying to keep one as a pet or you're trying to exploit it in videos or photos or whatever. So what they do is they actually clip their teeth off. Oh, cool. Yep, so they cut their teeth out of their head in order to keep them from biting, which is great. So it's just things that you don't know. There's context that people don't know that's going into these types of things that are leading the slow loris into that situation. Mm -hmm. Or the the situation where they're grasping at something like an umbrella or a rice ball, or they're raising their arms above their head. Raising their arms above their head is a defensive pose. It's one of stress and scared, like, anxiety. And so what they do is they actually raise those arms, like I said, to allow their face closer access to the inside of their elbows. They can lick their, um, their gland that allows them to produce venom. And that's one of the reasons that their arms are up there. They're not enjoying being tickled, as we might personify it to be. Um, They're, in fact, scared out of their mind. (laughs) Um, And a rice ball ain't no bug? Are they even feeding them the right stuff? Exactly. That was my next point, is, like, a lot of these slow lorises in these videos are obese, because in the wild, they have a vastly different diet. But people who keep them as pets a lot of times don't know this. And so they feed them things like rice and fruit and other things that might be healthy to humans, but for them are extremely calorific and 
um, end up leading to obesity, which leads to health problems. Um, on top of that, as I mentioned, slow lorises are nocturnal, which means they're awake at night and they sleep during the day. So because of that, their eyes are extremely sensitive to light. So these people in these videos showing them in a brightly lit room yeah, like in the middle of the day. Yeah, like phone light in their face. Exactly. Is like absolute torture to them. Um, and then something, again, people might not even think about is the fact that uh, lorises actually have toxic urine. Which isn't necessarily an issue when they're, you know, living in the wild. But when they're living as a pet, a lot of times people, again, to anthropomorphize them or essentially give them human characteristics according to what they think they're thinking, they will put them in quote-unquote cute outfits like diapers and dresses and pants and whatever, which essentially um, keeps the the loris sitting in their own toxic urine, which leads to necrosis or gangrene of their, like, rear ends. Oh my god. Yeah. And these are all things that people don't necessarily know and don't bother to think about. And it's one of many reasons why these guys and most other animals don't make good pets. And I think it's unfortunate because, like I said, a, a lot of... A lot of the sensationalism surrounding these guys come from the fact that they're quote-unquote cute. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because people, initially, the moment they see something cute want one that's the first thing we hear people say all the time is i want one how can i pet one can i feed one and my first thought and i know you and i have had this conversation a number of times is why does your appreciation of that animal only stem from your ability to touch or feed it why can't you appreciate it and think it's amazing from afar by learning about it or by campaigning for its Mm -hmm. conservation or by protecting its habitat why do you have to physically touch it or feed it in order to be able to appreciate it that makes no sense to me it doesn't make any sense to me either. and cause, But you hear people at the zoo say all the time, like, ugh, it's dumb that we can't feed them or something like that. You know, like, well, you're a yep. fucking zookeeper, so I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like, our job as keepers isn't to sit there and just greedily spend all of our time feeding and touching the animals. That's not even what we do. Like, our job is to feed them and interact with them, interact with them in a way in which it is, according to their species, appropriate. So there are a lot of animals that, yeah, we do have a more hands-on approach to working with them, and that comes down to exactly how their species lives in the wild and how they interact with each other socially. And we sure should don't cut their teeth out. Exactly, but there are a lot of species as well where that's not the case. There are tons of species that we work with where I'm not sitting there petting it all day or, like, feeding it a grape all day. That's not how that works. Like, it, it all comes down to what their natural species history and their behavior is like. And like you said, like, we're not making any modifications to make it safer for us to work with them. We are respecting their boundary and their behavior and their species by modifying our behavior to work around them. And what a weird thing, people, too, that are just like, I mean, those slow loris videos have, like, millions of views and retweets and all that stuff. And then how many of those people do you think are, like, totally against zoos? But then they see a picture yep. of an animal with its teeth cut out and it's like necrosis on its back end and it probably lives in like a tiny shed in some like morbidly obese person's house, mm-hmm. not even eating quality food or getting time outdoors and they think it's the cutest thing they've ever seen. Yeah, or socializing with other of its kind or I living just, in like, a naturalistic habitat or yeah, anything. I just can't, I don't get that at all. Yeah, it... 
It is. It's really unfortunate. It's kind of mind-boggling. And I know it's sort of a real big bummer, but I think it's one of those things that yeah, people need to know about. I'm yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm bummed! Um, I did want to talk about one more piece of news. Wait, is news. that like a... You talked about Bush Baby. Is a Bush Baby in there? Is a Bush Baby a lemur? What is a Bush Baby? Uh, Bush Baby is within that same suborder. Okay, okay. But it, yes. yeah. I think a lot of people think that Bush Babies and like Kinkajous and Slilorises are all the same thing and are not. Oh, no. They are not. Um, no, like I said. Uh, I would Bush... argue that Bush Babies are cuter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not that they deserve abuse. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. They look like little Yodas saying. and they're cute. I mean, I'm just saying. I eyes are the cutest if we're going to be honest. If we're going to go there, I agree. If anyone hasn't seen a picture of an eye eye, do yourself a favor and look at one. Just make sure you're not, like, I don't know, drinking water or anything because you will absolutely spit it out of your mouth. Um, yeah, one more thing quickly that I wanted to discuss mm-hmm. in relation to Loris's is um, the recent news about uh, a conservation organization known as um, the... Uh, Little Fireface Project, which is a Slow Loris-based conservation initiative. Oh, okay. Um, based in um, Southeast Asia. Okay. And those guys essentially um, have dedicated their lives to studying the ecology of the Javan Slow Loris, which is the one that's critically endangered. Mm. And they, according to their website, contribute wherever possible to the conservation and ecology of Loris species throughout their range. So oh. they're just looking to help them regardless and whatever they need to do, which is great. However, um, historically, Little Fireface Project has worked with Lush, the cosmetic company, okay. um, in the UK as part of their charity pot um, program. So if okay. anyone hasn't heard of that before, um, Lush is essentially like a naturalistic, um, what, like cosmetic, I guess, company that mm-hmm. um, does a lot. Oh, go ahead. Bath item thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do a lot of work, um, especially through their charity pots, which are just like pots of lotion that they dedicate the proceeds each month toward a different like charity organization. So it's really cool. And historically, Little Fireface Project has worked with Lush in the past uh, as part of their charity pots, which means that people that buy that specific lotion for whatever month that they're sponsoring them, um, the proceeds from that are going to Little Fireface Project and going to keeping that organization running and helping Lorises in the wild, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, however... I know, I'm like, where are you going with this? Yeah, however, this I'm last sweating. March, um, Little Fireface Project heard from Lush that they were denied um, their application for a charity pot this year, because uh, they accept funds from zoos. And Lush essentially told oh. them that they don't agree with um, zoological facilities, and so oh. they didn't want to sponsor them for that. My God. Yep. Ew. Yep. Um, and according to the statement that Little Fireface released, um, they said it never occurred to us that Lush was anti-zoo. And indeed, we have always been funded by zoos. And during that time, we have done three different charity pot parties um, and ran an event in an opening week of a shop in Oxford Street for Lush. And they said, our team members have worked for Lush and written articles about Little Little Fireface Project for their internal staff newsletter. And the team has passionately supported their eco and animal friendly 
products. In addition, Lush has also been a major funder of the Slow Lorist Forest Protector Book Program. And so they said, we feel very sad that our good friends and colleagues at Lush um, had to tell us such dark news. And I think, again, this kind of opens up a similar topic in the sense that <laughs> misinformation and, and a lack yeah. of education on these types of product or projects unfortunately leads to situations like this. Like Little Fireface Project is a nonprofit organization in which their team works on extremely small wages and very, very long hours because they're passionate about saving these guys from extinction. And the fact that they were denied funding with an organization that they've historically worked with in the past simply because that same nonprofit um, accepts donations from zoological facilities is ridiculous. It makes me want to punch him in the face. It is ridiculous. Um, it's just, it's Ew, so unfortunate because it's just, it, I mean, it's such a like, it's such an ethical dilemma, right? Because Lush is very eco-friendly and very animal friendly. However, in a situation like this, their decision is based on misinformation and it's extremely unfortunate because like you and I have talked about before that there are excellent zoological facilities and there are really terrible ones that are masquerading as zoological facilities. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're all under the umbrella term of zoo. And so it can be really, really hard for the ones that are working with a conservation-oriented goal in mind to battle the negative perceptions of those that are just looking to exploit animals. And I think a lot of times that's where the public perception comes in as well, because that's where we get a lot of comments from the public of people that don't understand what we do. And a lot of it comes from the, the idea from them that they think that, like I said, we're exploiting animals, we're torturing animals. And that's one of the reasons we get so many terrible comments when people find out, you know, we work at a zoo and it's like, that's not what we're here for. And that's not why we're here. Like, I invite you to learn more. And I think, unfortunately, in this lush situation, it it comes down to a weird dilemma. Like, do you continue supporting Lush because of all the other great things that they're involved in? No. Or do you <laughs> choose to not support them because of their misguided yeah, because uh, misunderstanding punks. of what's going on? Ew, I hate them now. I'm so angry. I love their bath bombs, but now I don't. I know. And, like, by yeah. no way, people, are we telling you to not buy Lush products? That's not the case at all. It just brings up an interesting But I'm just not gonna, because they suck. Yeah, it's tough. It's one of those tough things. I mean, obviously, they can choose to support whoever they want to, and they don't have to support every organization that applies to them. Um, but considering this has, Little Fireface Project has worked with them several times in the past, has been a huge part of their organization, and Lush has likewise been a large part of theirs, and the fact that all of the money that's donated to Little Fireface Project is going directly to on-ground conservation efforts for this animal that's extremely exploited across the world, it's just, it's really unfortunate that the mere fact that Little Fireface Project um, accepts donations, like being an organization that works solely on donations, that they accept donation from zoological facilities that are looking to help them in the same way, and they are turned away from Lush because of it. It just, it's pretty sickening. Yeah, it's in like, my oh, you want to try to ha- save the slow loris too? Well, fuck you. Yeah, it's just, it, it's not great. Um, and I mean, the good news is, actually, at the end of this article, and maybe we can post it for our readers 
or our listeners to read as well if they're interested. But at the end of this kind of um, report that Little Fireface Project put together about their unfortunate end of their um, partnership with Lush, they gave a shout out to all their zoo supporters, past and present, Aww. for continuing to support them and just incredibly thankful that they're still kind of on their side. So there yeah. are a number of shout outs there. Like Omaha, Henry Dorley is on there, Columbus Zoo is on there, Cleveland, um, Brevard Zoo, Phoenix Zoo, Brookfield Zoo, Williams Park Zoo, Moody Gardens, Memphis Zoo, Disney, like tons of different places donate to this organization in the hopes to, you know, aid in their conservation This just efforts. reminds me of that, what is that myth where, or the story where the, there's like a baby and there's two women and the one woman's like, I'm the mom of the baby. And then the other woman's like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm the mom of the baby. And then it's like the devil or something. It's like, okay, I'll rip the baby in half and each get half the baby. And then the real mom is like, no, never mind. Like, just take the baby. And then he's like, oh, you're the real mom because you don't want the baby dead. But Lush was like, no, rip the baby in half. Like, I don't, it doesn't care about the slow loris. It never did. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, that's. Side note, though, that's kind of funny because it wasn't the devil. I think it was like King Solomon. It's a pretty devilish thing to do, though, I gotta say. He's yeah, gonna, like, rip a baby in half. I don't know, man. <laughs> Biblical verses with Flora. It's <laughs> <laughs> our new segment. No, but you're absolutely right. Like, that. that's a great, that's a great, like, simile. It's That's absolutely what's happening. Because, again, like I said, it brings up that conversation. Do you continue supporting Lush? Do you, are you able to overlook the fact that they have spoken out a bit against zoological facilities which are doing some of the best work and the biggest work for conservation and education out there just because they house animals or do you continue supporting lush and saying i may not agree with that but i agree with the rest of their platform it's yeah. a tricky situation i think it's a very personal um decision to make for each person but i don't know man it leaves a pretty bad taste in my mouth if i gotta mm. be honest i know Bitches. But on a more positive note, I do want to give a shout out to the Little Fireface Project. They really handled that situation with a lot of like grace and dignity. Nice. And good. I mean, obviously they're really bummed about it, but I think it does a lot in terms of transparency and mm-hmm. information to let everyone who follows them know the full situation and right. understand everything a little bit better. Because only when you're informed are you able to make actual positive factual changes in your life that can help animals in the long run so shout out to them they do have um tons of resources on their website we can link it maybe on our instagram so you guys can learn more um they have lots of like downloadable content you can volunteer your time you can do an adoption so to speak where you donate money and you get to learn about aloris and like essentially quote unquote adopt it from afar um, you can also just donate money if you would rather donate to their cause and like some of the things that you can do to help them in the wild. They also have an Etsy shop um, and you can get to know their team that's working. Oh, I was um, looking at their Etsy shop. They have a really cute bag I want. <laughs> yeah. And it's just one of those things that these guys are really going above and beyond to do everything they can to help these animals out in the wild. So I think they deserve some recognition and they deserve some help if we can if we can send it their way so again like kind of going off the kiwi as well where we've definitely like raised some money there which is awesome oh Even yeah if you guys say shout out we raised 75 dollars oh i thank noelle for donating noelle you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> you know you know who you are 
Um, I've also donated, but it won't be until after this episode airs, so. Oh. Just thought I would throw in a little extra. Yeah. Um, um, have you ever heard of Tinker Shrimp and Dutch? I have not. Um, it has John Boyega. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah. He voices a slow Loris in the show. Oh! And he can travel back in time. Oh, that sounds about right. That's the Slender Man, Loris. <laughs> I think so. He's actually, like, really big so. and round. Um, he, I, I just saw a photo, never in a million years would I have guessed it was a Loris. But that's fine. I mean, whatever. Animation is what it is. It is, yeah. It's suspending reality just a little bit. <laughs> but apparently there's one slow Loris out there in the world, and it's John Boyega. I don't know if that's I how knew you say it. his name. I don't know. That is how you say it. Oh, I cool. knew it. Cool, I cool, knew cool. it was him. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah, so that was the Loris. I realized it was a bit of a bummer this week. I'm you sorry, guys. You do this to us. You get too real. I know, I know. When are we going to talk keep... about weird penises again? Do they have a weird penis? Can we get Can I... we get something good out of this show? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like any penis is objectively weird. God, that's so true. They're really <laughs> freaky. I mean, just think about it. It's I disturbing. <laughs> I don't want to. You can't make me. Ugh, <laughs> horrifying. Uh, yeah, so, sorry if that was a bummer, guys, but, I mean, part of you had to hear it. Exactly, like, part of the reason that we started this podcast was, A, we wanted to just, like, chat and be goofy, but also, I mean, like, what good are we if we're not bringing attention to issues that are actually out there? For real. And if we can, like, potentially bring this information to the attention of, like, one person who will no longer share those types of things or who will tell their families and friends to avoid it or who will learn more about Little Fireface Project or yeah. consider donating or share that with family and friends, like, then that makes all the difference in the world and it's totally worth it. I want to say, too, that if you ever, even though, even if we don't do, like, a call to action or whatever, if you ever donate to, like, a conservation mm-hmm. organization that we mention or, like, buy something off of Little Firefaces Etsy or whatever... Just send us uh-huh. an email, and we'll give you a shout-out. Even if we yeah, don't say absolutely. we're going to, we will. Absolutely. We will always, as a ground rule, always shout-out people who are doing what they can to help with conservation. Even if that's, like, starting a collection jar at your job. Or, yeah. like, hosting a fundraising event. Or doing a bake sale. Or just, I don't know, doing a social media blast about these sorts of things. We right. will always give shout-outs to people who are supporting conservation. Because it's a long brutal fight and unfortunately there's a lot of uh obstacles along the way so we appreciate all of you who are persevering through that yeah 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 (laughs) that was all i got oh it was good (laughs) i guess um tldl (gasps) oh Uh, so lorises are primates they are in i wonder if i can even say the suborder again Strepsorhini. They're in the suborder of Strepsorhini, which includes lemurs, uh, galagos, bush babies, and pottos uh, that are endemic to, well, all of those are endemic to either Africa, India, or Southeast Asia. But lorises live in South and Southeast Asia. There are eight species, and they are grouped between slender and slow lorises. <laughs> uh, slow lorises are... The only mammal that is venomous. Are they really slow? Yeah, they actually are. They take very slow, deliberate movements through the trees. <laughs> Wait, you said the slow is the slender one venomous? 
No, it's the slow. The oh, slow just the slow. I believe so. It's even weirder, right? It might be. Guys, again, I would say 98% of what we say is factual, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> take that grain of salt. Take all the salt I have. Get it out of my home. I'm done with it. Uh, let's see what else. Um, those guys they are cute. unfortunately, yeah, they're very, very cute, and unfortunately for them are extremely exploited because of it. Uh, people share, like, videos of them doing weird things, and people think they're cute. But a quick TLDL for the exploitation videos. So lorises go through a ton of torture and exploitation as part of that. So they get like their teeth clipped out so that they can't bite people with their venomous bite. Um, They are made to live or uh, be awake during the day in brightly lit areas when they're in fact nocturnal and it hurts their eyes. Um, They are put in positions where they are put in defensive poses because they look quote unquote cute. Uh, and they are fed foods outside of their natural habitat to make them obese. So please mm. avoid sharing those types of things. And if you're interested in learning more, check out Little Fireface Project. Those guys work in Southeast Asia to protect the Javan loris. So check it out. Sick. Um. That was horrible. <laughs> horrible sound. <laughs> Mouth noises. Mouth cool. noises. So I guess everybody, thanks for joining us um, for our weekly bum session about how the human race sucks and how animals are our, always better than us. Our weekly bummer. <laughs> we hope that you learned Sorry. cool things. You can drop some sick knowledge next time someone shows you a dumb animal video on the internet. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out our Instagram, which is keeper underscore chat. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, there'll be pictures, facts, links, all kinds of stuff on there. Um, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're still waiting to hear back from Spotify. They hate us. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's do. the end of this. Oh, there's like a Twitter, KeeperChat at Gmail. The Twitter's like KeeperChat. I don't know. We're on everything. Just Google us. Jeez. Um, next <laughs> Jeez. week, I will be here, and I'll have what comes after L M. Sure does. You know, two of my most favorite animals in the whole world start with them. Can you guess them? Yes. Well, I'm not going to do either of them. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> see you next week. If you liked it, cool. If you didn't, shut up. Bye. Spell you later. <laughs>